cash flow is important. You need to be able to look at different ways to do it. So I think that the key is though, you get traction and momentum in what you focus on because you learn by failing forward fast, don't you? And um, you know, just don't be a saucer that just flicks a right move link over to someone because just, oh. that just annoys people, doesn't it? You know, like, it's like you want me to pay you two percent for you finding it on right move and telling yeah. me about it before I see it on right move. Hello and welcome back to the Property Developers Secrets podcast with myself, Lloyd Girardi. And myself, Andy Cook. Here we go. So we're talking cash flow today. Cash flow. So developments is a strategy where most of the money is made at the end. Um, so because of that, I think having a an alternative cash flow strategy is a good thing. Um, and thinking back to when we started... We um, obviously started with a development, so the eight houses in, in Northampton. It was myself and you starting that, but you had more the expertise of managing that project and seeing that through. So you were pretty much doing that 90% of the time uh, and I was looking at it about 10% of the time. But because of that, I had some time to be able to go and look at some cash flowing assets like HMO. So I started looking into HMO. So HMO, for those that don't know, is a house of multiple occupancy, which is basically four, five, six, seven people living in the same house, um, paying rent per room, um, which is a good strategy to, to look at um, alongside developments because, like I say, developments happen. You're the conductor of the orchestra. Your orchestra are completing that development. Gives you time to be able to look at other strategies to be able to get some cash flow. So I suppose for me, that first deal we did, um, I found a HMO in Kettering. It was a three-bed. We turned it into a four-bed purchased it in September um, and then September of the same month I quit my job and I actually did some of the renovations on that I suppose well maybe pulled off the skirting boards and that's about it because that's all I can reach get there before you say it <laughs> um, and yeah my nan put the deposit in there for that property um, to be able to buy it refinance it and then uh, well, sorry buy it convert it and then refinance it um, but the cash flow from that was about a thousand pounds a month, um, and at the time, obviously we were doing St James. We hadn't had any cash flow in. I was trying to get out of my job, and I said to you, uh, "I know this is a fifty-fifty joint venture, but would you mind if I took all the income from that HMO to be able to quit my job to focus on property going forward?" Which, yeah, thankfully he said yes. It's a bit of a piss take, wasn't it? But, <laughs> um, but yeah, look, I think that. This is a, a problem that many people have, which is why it's come up here, isn't it? You know, that developments is chunkier money and it takes a bit of time to realise that. So there's going to be a period of time where, you know, you have to live, don't you? You have to, and, and it's okay to say, well, I can look at my minimum outgoings, but you have to still be able to bring some money into yourself or the family or whatever else. So we see this all the time, don't we? So I suppose um, there are several ways that you can do it. And that was the way that, you know, you you wanted to leave the job because we wanted to look at more stuff. And I could see that that was going to benefit us because trying to do it around your job was very limited how much time you could spend on it. Um, you know, you're obviously doing it in the evenings and whatever else, but it was beneficial for us to, do, to get you to do it full time as well. Um, so that was our solution for it. And, you know, it gave us better traction, didn't it? And it felt like I wasn't doing it on my own, I suppose, because you could spend more time in it. So that, that was attractive. Um, but if people are coming at it with a, a skills base, you know, sometimes that they can do some of the work themselves 
and pay themselves that's not always physical work as well you know it could be architectural you know you could be the architect so you can do the architecture on your own site and you can pay yourself to do it because you've got to think of it from a lender's perspective if it's an actual job in the development they're expecting to pay for it aren't they so they don't mind you if you're actually doing the job taking the money for that you know they don't expect you to do everything for nothing um if we go to the next level up you could get someone who's like you know um a project manager for Taylor Wimpy, say, and they're actually delivering these sites. You know, they're working with all the trades, they're project managing the site. So if they do that for their own site, then there's going to be a big chunk of project management fee that the lender's expecting to be in your build cost. So they can cash flow it from day one, can't they? Yeah. But, you know, obviously what we'd say is just don't do that if, if you haven't got that skill set <laughs> because, for one, you're not going to make the, the, the build efficient because you don't know what you're doing and you're taking money out of the build, you're probably still going to have to pay a project manager anyway, aren't you? So, yeah. you know, sometimes we, we actually we guide people that it's better to carry on with what it is they do, what brings in their money, and, you know, for the first one, get a project manager to run the site to make sure it's going efficiently and learn from it, isn't it? Yeah. You know, so it's like everyone wants to quit their first day, don't they? But yeah. you might be better to keep being a, I don't know, a graphic designer or a project manager in IT. We get a lot of IT project managers, don't we? And, um, you know, do your job, earn your money, do what you're good at and what you've trained for, and then, you know, ease your way in. So I'd say it's going to be different for different people and their skill sets, isn't it? But yeah. um I think in developments as well, another way to boost some income is if you're really good at finding deals is to sell some deals on and have a bit of a a cash flow in. uh, It's a bit more chunkier cash. It's not like a regular cash flow strategy. But yeah, if you're offering on 10 plots of land and one comes off, which is your development, and then six months or three months later, another one comes off that you've put an offering on, there's no reason why you can't sell that deal onto someone else. Um, And it's 2% of the asking price. So if you've got a, a million pound asking price site, it's 20 grand fee. Um, and yeah, that's 20 grand. That's more than I earn in a year selling lights up, driving up and down the country. So one deal could potentially replace your income for the year, depending on what it is. Um, but that could be a way of doing it. Or you could do other uh, property strategies like flips. So a flip is buying a house, um, doing it up and then selling it on. But that does involve some more cash. So if you haven't got cash already, trying to find the cash alongside trying to find the cash to uh, do a development that could be a bit more tricky uh, to do so there's other strategies that don't involve uh, don't involve um, money to start with I think that the key is though you get traction and momentum in what you focus on because you learn by failing forward fast don't you so if you try and water it down and do five different new things because you want to do developments but you're starting to do flips and a couple of HMOs, you're still doing your job but not to your full capacity because you're doing part of all of this, then nothing's going to flourish. The benefit with doing um, sourcing, for instance, is that you can throw yourself into developments. You can learn by you know, making all the mistakes going forward and um, and you learn iterations from making all those mistakes. So on all those offers, and you can throw yourself into it. It's like, you know, we talk about like getting a bike moving, isn't it? All your energy goes in at the start. 80% of your energy just goes into getting a little bit of that initial movement on a bike. But as soon as you've got momentum on a push bike, then you only need 20% of the energy to keep it going. So if you're going to start sourcing, you can throw 80% of your energy just at sourcing. 
and then you can learn your way through it, become a good sourcer, and then you're getting better sites, better negotiations, your pipeline becomes stronger because you're speaking to more agents and vendors, and then you're getting good quality stuff that you can sell to other people. Whereas if you think, I'm just going to be a sourcer 10% of my time, you're never actually doing it enough to get any momentum, are you? No. And um, you know, just don't be a sourcer that just flicks a right move link over to someone because oh, oh. just, that just annoys people, doesn't it? Freaks you know, like, you out. It's like, you want me to pay you 2% for you finding it on right move and telling yeah. me about it before I see it on right move. Like a good sourcer is actually doing the work. They're creating the relationships. They're getting given the deals because the relationship they've created with the agents and vendors yeah. and all those kind of people, they're assessing it themselves to a level, aren't they? And checking it's a good deal, negotiating it, getting an exclusivity, and then... To then offering it out to different developers and the reason why the developer is going to pay them that is because they're doing all that work that the developer doesn't have to do so it saves them building all those relationships doesn't it yeah. you know if we look at it in retail you know we go to a shop where they've done all the work collecting all of those um you know toys or whatever it is they sell in the shop you know they're collected all those products together negotiated on price they've put it into an easy platform where we can go and buy it so we go and pay the margin to the, the the vendor who's selling that product for yeah. all their effort, don't we? Well, you know, this is a sourcer doing exactly it's the business. same thing, isn't it? You know, yeah. And it's not as regulated. It's a, you could just become a sourcer for a commercial overnight. Um, whereas if you're looking at doing like buy to let sourcing, there's there's a bit more regulations behind all that. But yeah, finding a development site and selling it onto someone is is yeah easier. It's um, probably going to take a bit of time to get get going isn't it yeah you know we've got rowan who's just um he's uh he's been on our training for a while he's a good friend of ours he's come on retreats and all those kind of things um he worked at sellerfield for 13 years you know sellerfield's a big nuclear plant if you're not sure where it is up in the northwest you know a remote area he's from that area you know when he he'd want every day he told us last night he was on a webinar with us last night wasn't he? he told us every day he wanted to leave that job but he didn't have the support network around him he didn't know the visibility of where to do it and um, earlier this year, he got the confidence and, you know, the, through doing some of the training and all that kind of stuff, he, he got the confidence and the visibility to go and he took himself to Dubai, didn't he? And yeah. he basically became a sourcer. Yeah. It was in a company set up, but he became a sourcer out in Dubai. And um, within three months, he's got good traction. I think he was commercial um, agent, um, his top yeah. commercial agent. And um, his opportunities have started sprouting out everywhere for him yeah. because he took the time, energy threw himself into it and made it his 100% thing, didn't he? Yeah, and he's just waiting for a £30,000 commission on one of the properties he sold. Yeah. So, Which, you know, you've only got to do that, probably if he did that twice in a year, bearing in mind that his momentum's going to build, yeah. you know, if he did that and all his contacts are going to build, did that twice in a year, that probably replaces his seller field income. Yeah. And that's only because his seller field income was quite good. Yeah. You know, if, if people haven't got that kind of um, income, then you could do it in one of those, couldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, look cash flow is important you need to be able to look at different ways to do it so pick one that's associated to you so if you've got the the the, the expertise like project managing then be a project manager on your own development and pay yourself through that um like i said the lender will be the person that pays you because they're giving you the development finance and they'll be expected to pay a development uh, a project manager anyway so if that's you do that but pick the strategy that suits you best and, and, that. and look, that's the sort of thing we help hone people down on all the time isn't it you know like in in our you know mastermind sessions and all that kind of thing we help people find what's right for them but just focus on something if you water it down too much you're never going to get traction 
you need to actually pick up something that you can you can focus on you you can learn something new you don't have to have done it before you can definitely learn something new any of those strategies um but give it time and focus and let the let it compound i suppose yeah absolutely let's stick at it good luck cheers guys Thank you.